and welcome back once again to the One Giant Podcast with the lone standing Adam Armbrecht. No Andy Makowitz on this one, as we once again are excited to welcome back in Zach Fishbein of Giants 24-7 for another 24-7 update. Welcome again, sir. Hey, happy to be here. We uh, got a lot of great response and reaction from our update that we had you on for last week. So we want to make sure that, as we had said, make this a more consistent thing. And here we are. We, we dive right in with just some news and notes around the Giants. What are some of the latest transactions and updates that you have around the team? So the big one this week was Rhett Ellison retiring. Um, a, a bit unexpected. He's only 31 years old, um, but he missed about half the season. Uh, last year due to concussions. So clearly a family decision, wanted to retire, um, but that leaves a a hole at the tight end position, um, especially with the blocking side. To be honest, he was expected to be cut anyway because he was a big cap hit, and now the Giants saved about $5 million in cap. Um, so now the big question is, what do the Giants do at tight end? They have Evan Ingram. Uh, on the roster still, who's had his own injury concerns. Um, and there's been rumors about him being traded this season. And then there's also Caden uh, uh, Smith, who showed a lot of promise last year. So if you look at both free agency and the draft, uh, Jason Witten is a name that keeps getting thrown around. Um, I believe he's 38 years old. Yes, he would clearly be the best blocking tight end on the roster. Um, and he has the Jason Garrett connection. I haven't heard much besides speculation on that. Um, what I really think the Giants will do is actually take a tight end higher in the draft uh, than most people think they might do. Um, so I'm talking mid-rounds, you know, fourth or even third if they find the right guy. Um, and I, I do tr- think there's merit around the Evan Ingram trade rumors as well. So it, a name that I keep hearing is Harrison Bryant out of FAU. Um, He's a senior this year. He won the 2019 John Mackey Award for the top tight end in the nation. Um, And he is clearly the best all-around tight end of the class. A lot of the top tight ends, um, they all receiving. And and that's what everybody's interested in when they look at a tight end these days. Um, But Harrison Bryan is clearly the best blocking tight end. Um, And he'd be available at that, that 99 um, pick that we just got in the, the compensatory uh, draft and or even even in our regular fourth uh, round uh, draft slot so Harrison Bryant is a name to look out for in the in the draft coming up next month well uh, you know so I, I I think first of all the red Ellen piece red Ellison piece excuse me I think it makes sense that because of the injury history that he's had those concussions obviously start to add up so you wish him nothing but the best in retirement I like the idea of the of the Giants attacking the tight end position I just wonder you know that third third or fourth round you know compensatory third or early fourth round I get you know it just needs to be a sure thing if you're going to pull the trigger on that because you are talking about right now between Evan Ingram and even Caden Smith who showed as you said promise still not really known as a blocking tight end more more proficient at the, at that role than Ingram is but if you're going to bring in someone uh, that high given the holes on this roster you certainly hope that it's going to be someone that steps right in and fills a substantial role which then ties into saying you need to move on from Evan Ingram as well because otherwise you're you're maybe burying a young tight end on a depth chart 
and you're never going to get to see that value just because of the players that sit there ahead of them. So that'll be interesting to keep, keep an eye on. And I'll have to take a look at Harrison Bryant because to your point, I've been seeing a lot of those receiving tight ends in the draft and not really being sure where I would want to see the Giants go there, even though it means an offensive weapon, you want to improve in the run and pass blocking as well. We move on from the update around the tight end position for the Giants and head into, obviously, the draft. We know that's a month away now, a little over a month away. What do you see as far as that number four pick overall for the New York Giants? It, you know, A lot of these mocks have started to shift now after the combine as well. What are your thoughts? Where are we thinking the Giants are going to go here? I mean, it just feels like it's all – it's all up in the air right now with still the same positions, offensive line, obviously uh, Simmons getting a lot of chatter there as well. But where do we think that the Giants are going here? Look, the Giants have a ton of needs. So anybody's guess is as good as mine, right? Um, but if you just look at all the experts who are talking to the Giants, have the insider information, Isaiah Simmons and Mekhi Becton have been shooting up to that number four spot in, in nearly all the drafts. Previously, Jedrick Wills was the top name going at that four position, um, but he's been he's been falling not because of combine performance, just because Becton, Werfs, Simmons have just excelled at those um, at those positional uh, workouts. So, yep. So Becton and Simmons expect them at four if the Giants stay. Um, I still think they look at a trade down scenario, um, but still Simmons and Becton or, or Werfs would would be in play. Is there a reason why Andrew Thomas seems to be falling down closer to this seven, eight, you know, 10 range that seems to be where a lot of these mock drafts go? Is there any particular reason why that's been occurring? Because I, I haven't seen anything coming out of college. His combine was a display of technical prowess, and yet somehow you've seen these other tackles overtake him. I, I know Worf's had a really strong performance there, but again, he has that is he better at tackle or guard piece? So I'm just, it's just curious to see someone who was regarded as the best tackle in college slowly trickling down the draft board. I think it's just a, a, um, a function of what season we're in right now. We're in the season of rumor, speculation, combine. So the sexy names shoot up the draft board. Um, that might change within the next month. I agree with you. Andrew Thomas is a name that, that should go in the top 10 easily. Um, and if he slips out of the top 10, that is a steal for anybody because he is a solid tackle. And clearly, I think the best one um, in terms of skill and NFL readiness right now, um, Becton sure has more upside. Uh, but you're right, Werfs is, is more of a guard or a mauling tackle um, and, and probably more suited for the right side. And uh, Jedrick Wills is a, is a right tackle as well. So, yeah, I totally agree with you. Andrew Thomas is a name to look out for, and whoever gets him is, is a lucky team. Yeah, and it's something that I, I want to keep an eye on, and that's, you talk about that trade-down scenario, is if the Giants could back out of four, maybe pick up a little something extra, whether it's with the Chargers or even further down the line there, uh, the Colts and some of these other teams. But it seems highly unlikely that a player like Thomas gets that far. But if he were to, then you're talking about the Giants being able to get additional assets and also address a positional need with arguably – the best talent at that position. The other note here too, though, is around the center position. This is something that when you talk about this offensive line, we know that Giants fans like Zeitler performed well, was our best performing offensive lineman. You still have Hernandez there and then everything else is in flux. And, and frankly, center position is one of those glaring needs across there. I've had this mild borderline argument with Andy about the need to fill that position 
And though it may not be the most valuable roster slot in terms of when you want to draft for someone, they still need to take a look at them at this position and possibly maybe in that same kind of compensatory third or early fourth round spot. Agreed. Um, you know, you look at especially the first two picks the Giants have four and then I believe it's 36 in the second round. They are looking for two day one starters at those positions. You can't not have that. So it really depends on what they do at the, at number four, or if they trade back, you know, in the first round, um, if they have a Simmons or they get a tackle, then if another drop in day one starter that they love at tackle or at edge is not there at the second round pick, I can even see them reaching in the second round. Um, for if, I think they love Lloyd Cushenberry out of LSU. I still think that's high, but without the third round pick um, due to the Leonard Williams trade, they might just take him at that position if they love him. Um, he's a center out of LSU, um, best center in the country, in my opinion. Uh, another name that they might like is, is Cesar Ruiz, but out of Michigan. Uh, but I think what you're right is they might be looking more at that 99 pick or the, or the fourth round. Um, I, I've heard they love Tyler. I'm going to mess his name up. Biadaz? Oh, yeah, I think it's Biadaz. Yeah, Biadaz, yeah. yeah <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll both agree to say it wrong together. <laughs> Tyler B. out of uh, Wisconsin. There you go. Yeah. Um, the Giants have shown a lot of interest in him. That might be a mid-round selection there. But, you know, I don't think they fill it in free agency. Uh, Graham Glasgow just got released by the, the Lions. He's 31 years old. Yeah, he might be a filler, but I think um, Gettleman will look to – look for younger talent to grow with Daniel Jones over the next few years. Yeah. And Andy and I were starting to take a look at the, at the offensive line as a whole. And when you talk about even a player like McGovern out of Denver, in spite of him being younger, looking around a $10 million price tag, and you go back on his track record in terms of pro football focus ratings, he's been increasing, he's been rising, but you still know uh, that you're paying a hefty price tag for a guy that isn't necessarily an elite center position. So I think the draft makes sense. And again, that, that, that gap that you have from top of the second round to back end, you know, compensatory third round pick, it is so wide that that two at four, the second round of four really does become interesting because to your point, it may be a, quote, reach pick that the Giants make depending on what need they want to fill, and they kind of have to because you're going to have such a wide range. You're going to see a lot of talented players come off the board. This is considered to be a very third-round rich draft class as well. So, of course, the Giants will have basically nothing to do in those rounds. So that's why the, the trade-down scenario still become important. But it'll be curious to see when they go after the center position because I've been – Hedging my bets towards, I think the fourth, at, the fourth at four would work for me and anything beyond that because I think you can still find talent there and I'd be a little concerned if they went as high as that second, fourth overall pick, just knowing what else they have uh, to fill. That being said, we get to move into what I hope is going to be a, a, a reoccurring segment for our, for our little update here, and that is the factor fiction. So we're going we're gonna to run down five factor fiction scenarios here for you, Zach, and you get to go ahead and just shoot these things down. This is, the, this is the portion of the show where you go full authority, and I take this back to Andy, and I let him know there's nothing else to discuss about these issues. Zach has laid down the final <laughs> word. Let's do it. So we start in with uh, Jack Conklin as a top free agent target for the Giants. Factor fiction. Fiction. I haven't heard anything about that in terms of 
Giants looking at him as somebody to actually bring in at the right tackle position. I think he's overpaid, and I, I no fiction. <laughs> a simple, a simple and affirmative yeah. no. I started out a little bit higher on him in the offseason and have moved more in that direction myself. Next up on the list, we go to taking a look at uh, Brian Bulaga as a real candidate at the right tackle position in free agency. So obviously tying in on the heels of Jack Conklin. That's fact. Um, I think they're looking at him. I think he's somebody you can get at an attractive price, maybe $10 million a year. Um, and he was one of the top uh, right tackles in, in pass blocking and in rushing, uh, according to, to pro football focus last year. So fact. And he's around 31 years old. So still probably has you know, a couple of, a couple of good years left and, and maybe considered a bit of that stop gap scenario for the giants following the draft class that they may want to bring in and develop underneath them. Leonard Williams is returning to the giants on a deal or tag fact or fiction, Zach. I'm going to call it fiction. Uh, the key word there is returning. I think what's going to happen is they're going to transition tag him um, and somebody's going to probably pay more than we're willing to. So fiction. Yeah. Been some big numbers talking about for his contract. And when you take a look at what his value market value should be, it looks like he's going to be maybe one of those candidates for arguably one of the most overpaid free agent acquisitions this off season. Now to solve the edge rusher position, the giants will aggressively pursue Kyle Van Noy and will throw a ton of money at Jadavion Clowney in, in the free agency market. Fact or fiction? Uh, fiction. Uh, Thank goodness. Not gonna, yeah, they're not going to too aggressively pursue Van Noy. Uh, they'll, they'll definitely they have interest, but aggressively pursue now. Um, you've been hearing that quote a, a lot this week. And a ton of money at Clowney, relative to what? To what he's asking for? No, I don't. there might be another team that's going to pay him more. So, fiction. It's one of those things, too, where when you hear a player says he has an interest, well, allegedly has an interest in joining the Giants, but also wants to get paid and also wants to be on a competitor. Well, all three of those things, the Giants can, can't check those boxes for you, uh, certainly not this offseason at least. So that'll be interesting to keep an eye on. And the Van Noy piece, I'd really prefer to have that go by the wayside as quickly as possible. Last but not least, and this is another interesting one for me as well, you know, the cornerback position is obviously a need for the Giants. So Will James Bradbury sign a deal this offseason with the New York football Giants in excess of $15 million? I'm going to say fiction for this one due to the price tag. I think that there's a chance that he comes in um, under that, but other teams are going to pay more than the Giants are based on what I've, I've been hearing. Um, Brian Jones is at the top. Um, at, of their Byron, excuse me, Jones is at the top of their free agent target list. Um, so I think they will throw money at him. And I don't think that if they miss on him, they'll pay that much for uh, a player like Bradbury. A blazing fact or fiction segment here. That's actually what the, the, the tail end of that I was going to say is Byron Jones, is that legitimate? Seems like that's a legitimate interest there. And I, probably to your point, I think that. You know, I don't know if Byron Jones is necessarily a, a true number one corner by NFL standards, but he's clearly the best corner available and are the Giants setting their sights on it in an all or nothing. We get Byron Jones, that's fantastic, or we go ahead and just apply this money somewhere else. I, I think they're going to go after a top free agent this, this offseason. Um, we talked about it a little bit last week. Gettleman's on a, le a short leash. He needs to 
he needs the team to perform um, and he needs his cornerbacks that he invested so much draft capital in last year to perform as well. So whatever it takes to get that to happen, he's going to do. Um, so if we get Byron Jones, I think our, our clowny um, proposition is a little, is a little, um, it's not going to happen, right? We just don't have enough money, nor will he do that to the cap. If we get Clowney, that means we didn't get Jones. Um, and do we bring in another, uh, you know, mid-tier free agent for cornerback? I don't think so. I think you play um, Baker, you play Beal, um, and you, you look what you do at you can do at a free safety position and maybe get Love down into the, the slot again like they, they kind of planned at the beginning. Um, so it's, you know, they reinvested so much draft capital in that, that cornerback position. You really need a top cornerback or nothing at that point. Yeah, and to your point, I just I know that Baker struggled early in the season last year, came on, same thing with Sam Beal, started to get his legs underneath him. Obviously, Love excelled at the back end of the defense, but so many, so much young talent, even though this is a transitioning time for Gettleman and the Giants, I still think you have to look at all of those players and say, you know, a couple of these guys have to be hits for us. So uh, I would hope that maybe even the presence of a Byron Jones allows them then to excel as well because the hierarchy shifts a little bit for everyone. But that'll be one to keep an eye on. And probably, uh, to your point, if you're not getting Byron Jones, even though that's going to be a hefty price tag at that point, I'd prefer the Giants to look to, to allocate the funds elsewhere. That's going to do it for us on the Giants 24-7, one giant podcast update. This was a tight, rip-roaring episode for us, Zach. I think uh, we're hitting our stride already. Awesome. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. Happy to be here. We uh, will, of course, be back again, Andy and myself, tomorrow, actually breaking down the offensive line, taking a deep dive on free agency and where the Giants may look to go potentially and what that could cost to acquire some of that talent. You can head over to Instagram and follow Zach at Giants.247, where he's giving you all those latest updates and rumors around the New York football Giants. And as always, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, One Giant Podcast, and download, rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast fulfilled. That'll do it for us on this one. We will uh, be touching back with you again next week, hopefully, Zach. Great. Yeah, we'll have a lot to talk about with the tags coming up, right? You all, yeah, listen, once this free agency period opens up, it's going to be a, a cascading waterfall of information that hopefully I can just stay afloat in. That'll do it. And as always, as Andy Makowitz would say, let's go Big Blue.